Okay, we're all ready to go. The the zoo is prepared. Okay. <laughs> to record an episode. <laughs> all right. Well, hopefully not the morning zoo. Uh we're getting there. I I, I fear that we are we're getting there. Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers animated podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. Pick up a glass of eggnog. It's time for Christmas and holiday and Hanukkah themed episode thingies. That's Kwanzaa and um, Ramadan? No, Ramadan was in like April this year. Dang. uh, Snow is what matters. Snow. That's right. Have a have a tip top tet, a uh, a crazy Kwanzaa, a, and a happy Hanukkah, and uh, a Mela Kaliki Maka out there to uh, all of our Hawaiian listeners. <laughs> happy solstice! Enjoy your solstice. Yule tidings! Ooh, and let's not forget yes. Mithras. Happy Mithras. That's right. Uh, happy Festivus. Um, <laughs> have a joyous Life Day for all you uh, Wookies. Ooh. That was a month ago. That's in November. Ah, oh, jeez, all my all my uh, Life Day cards are going to be late. It's Thanksgiving, <laughs> although I guess Canadian Life Day is probably even earlier. Oh yeah, it's in October. Oh wow! I might as well just get started on my next Life Day. Yeah, just get your cards set up. <laughs> get fattening up the whatever poultry one has on Life Day. <laughs> Uh, I think, uh, boy, are there any bird? I think they eat like Minox. Minox, oh, there like, you go. I thought there were lizards, but there there are actual chickens on Endor. Okay, then getting getting some of those Endor chickens. It's my favorite kind. And uh, you know the Ewoks aren't going to eat them trees. because, as we all know, Ewoks prefer people. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Ewoks prefer anything. Ewoks are cannibals. <laughs> I'm going to consider cannibalism to be anything that involves, like, eating another intelligent creature, whether that creature yeah, is your own species or not. It, I mean, I wouldn't be entirely surprised if they also ate other Ewoks. Oh, that's that's fair. Well, eventually they're going to have to because they've kind of driven any other sentient species on the planet to extinction. There were giant <laughs> ogres and lizard men wandering around. They're dead. Uh, uh they, the, the mighty Wilford Brimley, driven to extinction. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully he escaped. And whatever the hell that bunny rabbit thing, which may be the only one left. I think he just died of diabetes, actually. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the rabbit or Wilford Brimley? I mean, it's possible they both had it. That, but that's, that's, Wilford Brimley, he's not actually diabetic, he just is trying to raise money, uh, to save his <laughs> rabbit friend who has, like, oh. endor diabetes. Uh, well, yeah, cause, Okay. He kept stealing kids' tricks and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> in a confluence of episode and time that rivals Stonehenge itself, it is the month of December, and we have stumbled across the only uh, Transformers Christmas episodes. Yeah. Well, actually, job. actually, I think Rescue Bots did one. Probably. But certainly the only one up yeah. to this point, which is kind of weird. Like, how yeah. is there yeah. not a Generation 1 Christmas episode? That's I don't the sort of thing you'd expect. Like G.I. Joe did one. Um, like, G.I. Joe might have done a couple. Yeah. And uh, He-Man crossed over with She-Ra to teach Skeletor the magic of Christmas. <laughs> I know the Thundercats probably found a way to do Christmas. Some sort of Something weird Christmas pagan like cat this. Christmas. Oh, that's the best kind. That's what I have, actually. I mean, with, with actual cats, though, not like cat people. Or thundercats, yes. as it were. Yes, with actual cats. I that's mean, I... actually just like the the official lesbian holidays. It's just a pagan cat holiday. I mean, there there must have been some sort of Ninja Turtles Christmas special. There must have been like five oh, of yeah. them. I mean, come on. Yeah, but uh, Transformers, nothing up till now. Although they, except in the uh, UK comics, which I think had yes. like an annual Christmas yeah. issue where yeah, Starscream or somebody learned the magic of it, Christmas. It half, it half makes sense why Transformers didn't because of the three, four series in Japan and Beast Wars really didn't have a place to stick it in. But yeah, G1 skipping it is bizarre. I was thinking that if we were going to do G1, we could do... Uh... Fire? No, not fire in the sky. Uh, the that one yeah. Before. I think that. Oh wait. 
One of the Jetfire ones? Not the one where they dig out Jetfire, but the one where he crashes at the end. Maybe that is fire in the sky. Well, I mean, they, they dig him out twice. Yeah. Because they're like, they, in his first episode, they find him, he's like entombed in the ice, and they get him out, and yeah. then he seemingly dies at the end. But then like a couple, it's confusing because they both have fire in the title. The first one is fire in the sky, and the subsequent Fire on the mountain. Fire on the mountain, where... Second one. Oh. Megatron is building like a giant cannon on like some Incan temple and shooting. But guys. yes, I I did consider suggesting that we could do fire in the sky because at least it's snow based. By which I mean, there's that bit at the beginning where they're having a snowball fight, and Jess goes, "That's no fair." Uh, I'm like, "God damn it!" Uh, and also, Spike and Sparkplug get to wear a couple of parkas instead of just walking yes. around in uh, short sleeve button downs all the time. Yes. <laughs> But no, this is Christmas. This is uh, yeah. This although much much like most uh, Christmas specials, specials, this first aired April eighteenth. <laughs> yeah, that's a little odd. Uh, just in time for Easter. I I had forgotten that. Yeah, and it was first. It was written by Henry Gilroy, who also wrote uh, the first Soundwave episode, which is going to come up later. Aha! Well, there we go. Oh, Gilroy was here. Oh, yes. <laughs> You're Damn wondering it. who I am. Secret, secret. I've got a secret. She... Sorry, I'll take any excuse to uh, sing sticks. Anyway, he's like a big Star Wars guy now. He wrote a ton of Clone Wars, and uh, he currently writes for Star Wars Rebels. Huh. Nice. I need to catch up on that. I have never seen any of it. I've really got to watch it at some point. It's a good show. I'm just bad at watching things regularly that have more than, like, eight episodes a year. <laughs> and he also wrote that first uh, Scarecrow episode of Batman the Animated Series, mm-hmm. which is a favorite of mine because it is the one that includes uh, the line, I am vengeance, I am the knight, I am Batman. <laughs> which he does, which people forget, to a giant skeletal apparition of his dad. <laughs> While hanging from a blimp. That's a very Batman wow, that's, thing to do. That's all the Batman. That show's nuttier than people remember. Yeah. Also I'm a good. show that had Christmas episodes. Yes. Bunch of Christmas. Although, uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, the X-Men had a Christmas episode in the 90s. Yeah. They did? Oh. Yeah, they uh, they go for uh, Christmas dinner with the Morlocks. Mostly, I just remember how Batman doesn't like It's a Wonderful Life because he could never get past the title. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm sure you've seen a clip of that X-Men episode because it's the one where Wolverine uses his claws to cut the drumstick off a turkey. Oh, I thought that was a Thanksgiving <laughs> episode. Huh. Nobody does Thanksgiving episodes. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I guess friends. Oh, yeah. I guess. Hey, wear a turkey on your head. Frazier probably did it. Yeah. Ah, yes, Niles. Prepare the turkey. Anyway, it is Christmas in Detroit, and uh, it's so Christmassy that uh, Carol of the Bells has been integrated into the uh, background music. Very nice. And uh, this year's Tickle Me Elmo, or uh, or what have you, is is the sound wave. This year's Transformers, because Transformers was an early... uh... Example of that. Oh, yeah, actually, it's kind of, uh, maybe the closest thing Transformers has had to a Christmas special. They ran like a prime time toy ad, I think, between Christmas and Thanksgiving, uh, starring Alex Karras, who was, he was the dad on Webster, and he was like a Detroit Lions football player, but I know him best as Mongo from Blazing Saddles. Wow. Oh, Mongo. These are some deep cuts. And he's like, like telling parents to go out and, you know, you, I think it's from, like, 85, because he's, like, demonstrating, like, triple changers and stuff. Ooh. 
and you know he's got a bunch of kids running around him. They're very impressed with their transformers, and he's uh, telling you know you parents, you better act soon so you can get a good selection. And they do that thing where they alter the kids' voices to sound like robots, except it's Alex Karras. <laughs> and truly, Mongo is only pun in Game of Life. So toy commercials have actually gotten better than they were about being blatant bullcrap. Huh. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, this was like sort of in the 80s deregulation era where Reagan basically said you could pretty much do anything on TV. Uh, yeah. In as much as selling stuff goes. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. I think they hadn't quite invented the great 90s innovation of toy commercials, which was translucent blocks. <laughs> Uh, it's important. Yeah. Put them up on translucent box. And indeed, um, toy commercials have apparently regressed by the uh, by 2050. Because here is Porter C. Powell shilling uh, sound waves in apparently an infomercial that's like going out live, like the Jerry Lewis telethon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and man, uh, they're doing well because they are everywhere, and it's well enough that uh, Porter C. Powell is supplementing his usual 70s game show suit with a sick fur coat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, uh, winter, that, was, that was really even when you're interesting that they have it, like, that they have him doing this commercial on live TV about it. And it's being, like, broadcast outside. Yeah. Like, did he buy all of the mm. airtime? I mean, I that mean, is a very Porter C. Powell thing probably. to do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's well, he probably owns, like, the not... major net two of the major networks in Detroit, so... I mean, we know he owns the newspapers. Yeah. Yeah. Now I want to make a Sinclair Broadcasting reference, but we'll, we'll leave that for now. <laughs> uh, and in fact, uh, the, not, o- not only are these call, is he allowing live call-ins? He is allowing live, like, video call-ins? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the future. Well, it's the future. I'm, you're asking for disaster, Porter C. Powell. I know what happened to chat roulette. <laughs> Yeah, but it works in his favor because he gets some deck and some deck is surprised at how low the prices are. And also it's – he's also – and he's also lucky because it's not just somebody's scrotum. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, the, the yes, uh, some deck is indeed system. quite irate, but – and he's also amazed. It's one ninety nine. How does he do it? <laughs> yeah. This, this got a pretty big price? laugh for me. <laughs> that was yeah. pretty great. And it turns out his sales pitch does work because we later find out that he bought one. Yes. Yeah, that that seems strange. When you can get your nemesis to buy one, that's to buy something, <laughs> especially specifically your business nemesis. That's uh, it's such that's a good deal. Good job. Gotta buy it. So yeah, this is the sound wave from uh, Sound and Fury, the the kind that was just designed as like a toy by Sumdac. And I guess Powell somehow legally acquired the plans when he was kind of the owner there. I think he said he got the patent for yeah, it. Yeah, the patent. Yeah. Or the copywriter. I guess it would be a patent because yeah. it's a toy design. Mm. I could go ask my dad. He's a patent trademark office person. Although this, although it, it kind of makes sense because, like, some deck only made one, so he may not have patented the design. He just had the designs. So this is Powell might have just taken that and patented it himself. So that it is entirely sense. possible, and given that he, if he did it while he owned the company, yeah. uh, that that could have been entirely legal. Yeah. So Optimus Prime is watching this. He is not pleased, and uh, he's pretty sure he sees uh, a sound wave sort of scampering around and having its eyes glow menacingly. Yeah, he is definitely very concerned about this entire thing understandably so mm. so he follows it around well, yeah, when you see when you see a little doll running around you know you, and it's christmas season you get flashbacks to uh child's play and things i mean up to which, i i would not be like, surprised there are like 10 of those movies oh there are it. there's like at least eight let's see there there are seven now oh. wow there's the first three, they're the two with Jennifer Tilly, and they're two that they've made fairly recently that I hear are actually pretty good. Yeah, they're- And the most recent the two most recent have- The two are on Netflix. 
Well, they have uh, Brad Dourif's daughter in them who looks terrifyingly just like girl Brad Dourif. <laughs> yeah, what? Well, a, a young Brad Dourif was actually a really handsome guy. Oh, I know, but mm. you know he's Brad Dourif, so he's spooky. It's like they made an X-23 <laughs> out of Brad Dourif. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, that... Yes, when they when they make the next X-Men or Wolverine movie, that's the casting I want now. Brad Dourif as Wolverine? <laughs> well, he could be he could be old Logan. That's that's way too creepy to be Wolverine. They're not letting children around him. <laughs> he certainly isn't working at a school. I don't know, it kind of fits with Logan in some interpretation. Anyway. Anyway, so he follows it around for a while. He almost gets hit by a train. Or, well, I guess a train almost gets hit by him, considering how big he is. Yeah, I mean, come on. Who was going to win that fight? So we go back to Autobot HQ, and, uh, oh, hey, Sari is also in this show. Oh, my God, she's still a character. What? (laughs) I've forgotten what she looks like almost. Maybe Tara Strong went on vacation or something. It really made me sad that we didn't see more of her this season. Because she's like... I mean, okay, this is where I realized, and I, I wrote it, like, went so far as to write in my notes, maybe I just hate kids. <laughs> like, well, I yeah. like her so much more now. Maybe it's just because I hate kids. But you like teenagers? They're even worse. I mean, yeah, in some ways, but not when written by adults. Yeah. And, and teenagers, like, teenagers are so off-model, their character design can change from day to day. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I will. I will say Tara Strong it, it does a good job of sort of aging up the uh, the voice here. Yeah, yeah. She's sounding a, a decent bit more uh, Twilight Sparkle at this point. <laughs> so yeah, they're they're celebrating Christmas at the uh, Autobot HQ. They've got a tree decorated with uh, road signs. <laughs> that was adorable. Because the <laughs> trees, they, uh, of they... course, scale to them. I wonder if it's an actual tree because it's like it's got to be like thirty feet tall. Well, like they could have cut. I mean, trees do. I mean, it could be like one of those Rockefeller center trees. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, she's uh, she's got that. Got a bunch of stockings, presents, and a big uh, bowl of oil nog. Yeah. What? What? Yeah. Ew. Is the that sounds terrible. (laughs) I, I have to. What? 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 Okay, so it's oil. That's their base. That's their alcohol. And they're mix. Are they mixing the rum or whiskey with it, or are they putting eggs? In, are they pour, just pouring eggnog in it? What What is going on? I'm assu- I'm assuming it's sort of more like mulled wine, and so there's like a bunch of cloves in there. I, uh, that doesn't sound too bad. No, I mean except for the fact that it's you know motor oil. Yes. Well, yeah, it, it's weird. I do appreciate that they have the Yule log on TV. Yes. Yes. That's a that's tradition. That's the most important part of the holidays. And, uh, so yeah, she, uh, all the Autobots get there. We see, uh, a sound wave very stealthily breaking out of a present and <gasps> zapping the oil nog. Mm, like, yeah, okay, so what, what is it doing to the nog with electricity or it, like, sound? It like shot some energy into it. It's spiking it, How? man. It's spiking it. That's all you need to know. Yeah. I, what is it changing spiking... in this oil nog to make it worse? Thirty <laughs> sounds horrible. I mean, I I did kind of expect it to pour like a little flask into there. <laughs> that would have made more sense. I mean, it, it we're led to believe for a little while that it did something completely impossible. Yeah. And we got that. We got some God rest ye merry gentlemen playing on the uh, the background music. Yes. Oh yeah, and then Ratchet arguing against the existence of Santa Claus. Yes, but Prowl <laughs> argues that Santa must be real. He he's just a ninja. <laughs> yeah, well, no, no, no. He's not a ninja. He's multiple Santa. Ho, 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 Wait, is, it's a Yule Tide. Is that the name of the guy from the Tick? Was it multiple? Yeah, Santa? multiple Santa. Okay. Yes. Yeah, sadly, no, uh, no um, Sentinel Prime in this episode. Alas. <laughs> yeah, that would have been nice. I I am amazed, and I really like the shot of Sorry chucking the Santa hat and it landing on Prime's antenna. She's got those robotic reflexes. Yeah. Yeah. And she's also robot strength because she's, uh, 
like uh, pouring giant barrels of this oil nog for the uh, Autobots and handing them to them. Well, I mean, yeah, she's activated all of her upgrades. So yeah, they uh, they have a toast. Uh, Sorry does not drink any of this stuff because I guess she still eats people food. And she's un- well. Okay, I was gonna say and she's underage, but if she doesn't know that Soundwave spiked it, then that's not relevant. No. Except, well, I guess, maybe to broadcast standards and practices. Well, and also, we're not entirely clear on the whole oil-alcohol co- connection here, because the Autobots do all promptly get super drunk on this. Yes. Yeah. But it's, well, but we've seen the Constructicons get drunk on oil, although I don't think we've seen Bulkhead when he was hanging out with him really get drunk. It's, it's such a weird metaphor, although it, it makes sense. Like, you can't have people drinking oil that leads to stupidity. No, and and also, I mean, Bill Fagerback's bulkhead voice always kind of sounds vaguely drunk. That's entirely true. A little bit. Yeah. That's entirely accurate. He's a big guy. He can handle his alcohol. You don't notice it at first. <laughs> so they uh, they all just they're all they're all a bunch of sleepy drunks. So they all just go to bed. Yep. Which okay, they have robot beds. Uh, recharging beds, maybe? I guess it's a carryover from Beast Wars? Yeah. And, although we only saw that, like, two or three times, Primes. Yeah, yeah, we saw, I think, Cheetors and maybe Optimus Primes. Oh, yeah. Or Primals, rather. Oh, yeah, and... Yeah. Wait, we saw Dinobot's room? Did we see a bed there? I, I don't remember think the so. Corpse of the, di- the corpse of the raptor he killed, he stuck on the wall. <laughs> I, don't I mean, I think... Dinobot strikes me as like I'm just sleeping on a mat on the floor because I'm hard kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Because that's what honorable warriors do. Yes. Warriors do not need soft, fluffy beds. (laughs) Anyway, so Optimus wakes up, but much like Gregor Samsa, a horrible metamorphosis has overtaken him. Oh, that, wow, that's a reference I didn't expect. I'm, I'm very literate. I wouldn't have known the guy's name. Oh. <laughs> and yes, he is... Optimus Prime is now a guy. Dun-dun-dun! Mm. He's muscular Reed Richards? I mean, he's kind of... He's got like a Bruce Tim build. Yeah. Yeah, and, I'd, I'd give it that. And also, he's very conveniently wearing clothes that resemble his, uh... His vehicle... His robot mode colors. So, I guess it's not that weird that it would take until this. Now, it took until here to have a Christmas episode. Was there not like an... I have this vague feeling of of an Armada Christmas episode, but that's probably... I don't know. I'm probably making that up. That's probably wishful thinking. Uh, But this is the first time since G1 that we've had a The Transformers Turning Into People episode. Yeah, that's right. That was Only Human from Season 3. Only Human from Season 3, which I loved for occasionally aspiring to be serious science fiction. Uh, Maybe not so much this episode, but a little (laughs) bit. Uh, Which is also notable for being the episode that guest stars an aging Cobra Commander. Uh, who is going by Snake, and he hooks some people who are fed up with the Autobots, and they're, like, basically some, like, mafia dudes who are just sick <laughs> of the Autobots doing, like, international law enforcement on Earth. And uh so Snake sells them uh this equipment that was used in an episode of G.I. Joe to basically make just, like, creepy, gooey clone bodies. Uh, the Synthoid uh, Conspiracy. Yes. Uh, and they use that to, uh, put the, basically just, uh, transfer the minds of, uh, four Autobots, uh, Rodimus, RC, Ultra Magnus, and Springer, uh, into the Synthoid bodies, and then they just sort of plan to dump them. I don't know why they couldn't just, like, kill them and well, i guess that I guess, would be much of an episode well yeah there's that and also i guess that would probably they didn't want to damage the bodies enough to kill them because they then want to use the bodies mm-hmm. uh, to infiltrate autobot city uh 
But they, you know, proceed to dump them back in the, the behind the in the alley, uh, where they conveniently find color coordinated jumpsuits. Uh, and and <laughs> in that, what? Ultra Who Magnus also. <laughs> Ultra Magnus has the same like Reed Richards hair, graying temples thing, uh, because that sort of correlates with his white antenna. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, but yes, yeah, so this is the second time that we've had that happen. Uh, it is a little different, of course, this time, as we will learn. Yes. Uh, but I don't know. This, it's one of those things where uh, it's so weird because it's like the kind of thing you would expect to be tropes. Man, did the Ninja Turtles ever get turned into normal people? Uh, not that I can think of. I think they just had those, uh, weird I... rubber masks and trench coats. Because this feels like the kind of thing that should have been, like, a trope that showed up in, yeah, like, a bunch I... of different cartoons. But it's really only relevant to Transformers. I think one of them got turned into a person. I think it happened maybe? in Gargoyles once. Yes, oh, there yeah, was definitely an episode of Gargoyles times. where they turned into people. Yes. Uh, well, because Demona got turned into a people, and then... And then, and then she was the going around smashing humans that had been gargoyle humans who had been turned into stone, and it's like, oh, wait yeah, a minute, that that's actually really super dark. screwed up. Uh, man, gargoyles was great. Uh, so, <laughs> man, murder. Murder anyway, is great. I, I will also point out that this episode differs from uh, Almost Human, because at no point does anybody get laid. Yeah. Because Rodimus yeah, totally that. gets laid in that episode. Rodimus absolutely gets laid oh. in that. Yeah, that's a real Rodimus. <laughs> I mean, off, off screen, but. Well, yes. It's strongly I mean, implied. <laughs> obviously. Man, G1 really, like, and, and partly I was thinking this because I, you know, finally got around to getting the, uh, Transformers, the movie Blu-ray. Ooh. And, and so I was watching that for the, like, I don't know, 5,000th time, like, seriously, you can't be in the room watching me trying to have a conversation because I will just be lip-syncing along with the dialogue while you try to talk to me. <laughs> but, but G1 was in this really odd place of, like, not being sure how, like, wanting to be more mature than maybe like Hasbro or someone wanted it to be because you know you definitely see that with Transformers the movie uh and I think you see mm -hmm. that a little bit in uh in Rodimus totally banging that chick uh, <laughs> actually let's be honest she's just totally seduces him it's great uh, <laughs> yes <laughs> so the moral anyway, of the story so this... is that seems like it should be a trope I guess it's not really, but it seems like one of those things you'd expect, like, every 80s show to have an episode where this thing happens. I mean, it's definitely like a big fan art thing, I think. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, because well, it, it's not maybe not as much a thing as more often shows, like, the humans are the main characters, so you get the reverse, like, they get turned into cat people or something in an episode. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, like I said, it's it's a thing that's very specific to Transformers, that you can't really do that in, like, G.I. Joe. But, yeah. but yes. So, and I guess we don't really know other series. I mean, Transformers Prime was too busy being deadly serious, uh, which I yes. love it for, but... Yeah, this, this plot would not fit into Transformers Prime. Did Rescue Bots do it? They did, like, a straight-up Mind Swap episode. Okay, okay. See, like that. Like, that's one of those episodes that you have to have at some point. Uh, I guess they couldn't have really done it in Beast Wars, because there weren't really people in Beast no, Wars. No, just get turned into a bunch of cavemen. <laughs> and that would have just been dumb. So anyway... Yeah, anyway, this has happened is, to the whole cast. This has happened in G1. It's sort of maybe an homage, but maybe just a thing. Mm. So yeah, this, uh, they quickly find out that this has happened to the whole cast. Uh, we got Bumblebee, who is either a short person or a child. I think he's supposed to be, like, a teenager. I, I mean, he's... I'm, I'm thinking, like, 13, 14. Yeah, yeah young he's, teenager. And, uh, he's got a, an adorable little baseball cap with little Bumblebee horns on it. <laughs> yes, yes, and, like, the little crest. 
And hey, he's a black kid, which I that just got me thinking this whole thing about how Transformers, and this is sort of like Monster High too, is is very one of those things that's very uniquely positioned to like communicate race in in ways that are not obvious. Like Jazz is clearly always like a black guy, even though he's a giant robot in you know a everything. In a race that does not have races in that sense. Yeah. Uh, and so that it was, I, and I believe, isn't his voice actor black? Uh, yes, Bumper Robinson. So yeah, I mean, that's, that definitely fits in there, but it's not like, you know, he's not doing a jazz voice where that, that was clearly communicated about the character before that. So just having that, it, it was just, it was surprising in a good way, is all I'm saying. And we've got uh, we've got Bulkhead, who is a huge guy in a football jersey. Yes. Well, he's he's built more like a football player than Bulkhead is sort of a fat guy. Yeah, and uh, we've got Ratchet, who is uh, Jack Kirby. He's the fat guy <laughs> who ends up playing football because the coach really appreciates how big he is. Yes. But yeah, yes, oh, wow. and and Jack Kirby. And he's, he's got a little scar over his eye to represent his broken crest. Yes. I love that. He's so old and grizzled. And then Prowl is his, the, the biker cop mustache guy hollow avatar, which doesn't really fit Prowl. No. No, especially if you go back to that whole backstory about him being like, you know, some hippie guy. He should be like, he should be like half hippie, half ninja. (laughs) Like, he should look like he's from Naruto. <laughs> he's, a, he's a ninja cop. I feel like that that was like a trauma movie or something. Uh, right? Samurai cop or Sergeant Kabuki yeah. Man, NYPD. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, trauma, so stupid. So I mean, great. I think Sergeant Kabuki Man is sort of deliberately bad, whereas I think Samurai Cop yeah. was just bad. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, Samurai Cop. I don't think trauma put out Samurai Cop. Sam no, no that was like some. But I mean, Robert Zadar is like... in that the uh, the titular maniac cop. Ooh. Oh, yeah. and he's also in a bunch of uh, MST3K movies. He's the guy with the gigantic jaw. <laughs> yeah, I think they once described him as uh, it's like a catcher's mitt with eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, I mean, I guess hey, I guess Prowl is a samurai now. So yeah, he Prowl is samurai cop. Yay! Oh, yeah. yeah, this should be. Oh, and he does end up doing armor, like ninja stuff while being just this cop. It's it's pretty it's pretty fun. Well, he does doing his mind over processor. Yeah, it, it's bizarre. The, the, I don't like Prowl's human avatar characters. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's I mean, I realize the reason for it, but it it's not great. It could be better. And, uh, yeah, Prowl is probably the most okay with them of anything, uh, probably the most okay with this of all of them, but... Not a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's out there feeling the snow. Yes, he's <laughs> out there getting snowed on, like, holding his hand up, like, oh, I feel snow. This is a dork. <laughs> and so, they, they've got to get to Sumdak Tower to find out what is going on, so... Uh, after unsuccessfully telling them to roll out, uh, <laughs> he tried. Auto men, uh, let's just go. <laughs> <laughs> Which it, it's a pitiful line to say to motivate his troops, but it, it's still better than most of the lines Bumblebee has in Robots in Disguise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Bumblebee. <laughs> anyway, at Sumdak Tower, the uh, the Sumdaks are exchanging gifts. We uh, we don't actually see what uh, Sari got for her dad. I don't know what exactly you get him. Gift certificates? Maybe. Yeah, I mean... Something handmade, he'd probably appreciate that. Uh, clothes? He only ever wears one outfit. A raspberry <laughs> pie kit, I don't know. I don't uh, mean like an actual hat. pie. I mean like the... The hacker. I mean, he would probably also appreciate the actual pie. Yes, he would <laughs> actually probably appreciate that more because it's not something he could necessarily make himself. Uh, he's, he's a man who enjoys a, a good cheese omelet. 
Yes. Uh, I would enjoy a good cheese omelet right about now. Uh, but Sari has somewhat misguidedly received a sound wave. Like, I don't know, sometimes it tried to kill her once. Why? You know, that, and Why it's from you your worst enemy. But it was such a deal. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was such a good deal. He couldn't, he couldn't help it. Uh, we, we get a sequence that probably made me laugh way more than it should have with Sumdak and the sound wave dancing in unison. <laughs> yes! <laughs> it was the cutest thing. Weird <laughs> and adorable. Cutest thing ever. Sumdak's got some moves. Yeah. Yeah. And, but hey, there's one last present and she got a, uh, a scooter. Uh, Yay! Thanks she, for getting me a GoBot, Dad. Well, she was hoping for something with four wheels. Which is she sixteen now? That seems unreasonably old. Well, considering her height, although I guess some deck is kind of short. Yeah. Um, yeah. The problem. Well, it's hard to say how tall she is because we don't really see her next to a lot of normal people. <laughs> we mostly just see her next to weird people. Like yeah, giant dad. robots and her oddly shaped dad. Yes. Yeah, it's hard to tell. But anyway, and what is also probably a bad idea from Sumdak, uh, this scooter turns into a jetpack. <gasps> Whee! It's pretty hey, cool. Hey, we, fi- we finally get the jetpack that was in the teaser trailer opening from the be- before the show, and, and here it is, the show's almost over. And the weird thing is they kind of like show this thing off like it's going to be an accessory with her toy, but she didn't yes. get a toy. It's like makes me it's sad. like two sale toys for toy that does not exist. Yes, that's the saddest kind of to sell toys. <laughs> Which Transformers is guilty of all the time. Yes, yeah. indeed. So, so she takes off to show the Autobots, leaving Sumdak behind to uh, have a continue his dance off with Soundwave. Yes, <laughs> this is terribly does. adorable. It's so cute. So they're they're on their way to Sumdak Tower, but uh, they're they're beginning to experience a strange sensation, hunger. <gasps> and it's cold. Oh, and there's like a car drives by and splashes snow and slush on them. And Ratchet yes. says something. I'm not exactly sure what he's supposed to saying, but with the sound of the slush and the way he's grumbling, it sounds like he says, "Oh shit." <laughs> what are we gonna do now? It's an homage. Yep, it's an homage to Transformers the movie. And that was also Corey Burney. That's a good oh. point. Oh shit, maybe it was intentional. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna sneak a curse word in I here. I don't think they could actually get that past, uh, Cartoon Network. Well, no, yeah, no, that's- Like, he was clearly saying something else, but the, the way it was, he just ratcheted the word, it sounded like, oh shit. Yeah, he's, he's wondering how humans could possibly live like this. It's horrible. Yeah, it is. It's terrible. <laughs> Anyway, oh, they have to go fuel Especially if he's up. super old, so probably his back is hurting. Oh, uh, and... like the cold's making his bones hurt. Ah, uh, it's not great being an old human. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you from experience. <laughs> so yeah, they they decided to go to BurgerBot. Yay, BurgerBot! And uh, the couple of interesting patrons here. There is uh, kind of an old, uh, an older man with uh, gray hair and a beard. Uh, that's Marty Eisenberg. Ah, okay. Yeah, and the other two, like, am I remembering correct? One of them is Hydra and the other is Cancer? That's correct. Okay. That is a weird family unit. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, Hydra is, uh, was he a translator something? Well, he he is originally a character from Master Force, uh, who was a recolor of Darkwing, uh, the Power Master. Uh, additionally, he was also, that, uh, that handle is also used by, uh, fan, <laughs> longtime Transformers fandom person, Andrew Hall, uh, who does work a lot in, uh, you know, on, on various Japanese stuff. He, he was apparently part of the group that, or, or the group, the person working under a group name, uh, that, <laughs> that had the unenviable task of helping uh, translate, uh, James Roberts' More Than Meets the Eye scripts for, uh, that, the Japanese artist that did a couple of issues. Oh. <laughs> is... oh, um, crap, what's the artist's name? I like them, but they're pl- problematic. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that, 
I I would not want the task of having to translate that kind of nuance that a James Roberts comic script is going to have into another language. Uh, but not uh, not too coincidentally, the the character and the persona of the fan uh, could easily be construed in the same character design pretty well. Yeah. And the the small child with brightly colored anime hair is Cancer, who is, um, was that Squeeze Play? Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, also from Master Force. And they've also got a waitress who has, uh, like, an amazing hamburger robot hat. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, uh, and the Witwickies are there. Yes, including little baby sister Witwicky. It's apparently Nancy Witwicky. Well, I remember she was born. She was about to be born in uh, the Wreckar episode. Garbage yes. in, garbage out. Yay! She's so cute. <laughs> she is very adorable. Which Prowl also feels that she is very adorable because he's making faces at her. <laughs> yes. Enjoying being a people. So yeah, they uh, they all he, Prowl of course is a vegetarian. Doesn't uh, doesn't care for where uh where meat comes from and he is going to tell you about it. <laughs> because yeah, he's, he's a vegetarian. He's going to Not tell quite you about insufferable, it. but he'd get on your nerves. <laughs> but but Bulkhead is chowing down on burgers and and then this raises so many questions. He has to go to the bathroom. And yeah, he Bulkhead, understands as, as they mentioned, this Bulkhead doesn't weird. know where the where the meat comes from, but he knows where it's going, and it's going into him. <laughs> Except as I believe Bumblebee out. points back, as Bumblebee points out, and then half of it's getting on his shirt. Uh, but then, <laughs> yeah, yes, what like, what goes in must come out, and he goes to the bathroom, back. and somebody had better call Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like like he figures Time to teach some alien beings how to poop. <laughs> I guess at some point, sorry, must have explained bathrooms to him, so he runs to one. But how does he know to go there? And then what we find out is the gimmick of this episode raises even more questions as to why this happens. I mean, we'll get to that later, but uh, I bet he doesn't know to wash his hands, though. <laughs> yeah, but. It, it raises questions as to what the fuck actually happens in there. I mean, I mean it's, it's very accurate. That's all I'm going to say is it's very accurate. Yes. I mean, we'll – anyway. So, unfortunately, um, the uh, the nightmare that is happening in there is no match for what is happening <laughs> outside because it turns out all of the Decepticons are attacking. Just, you know, all of them. All of them. Like you got uh, you got Team Char in there. Just Shockwave is hanging around. Yeah, like there are well, multiple you, lug nuts. Well, it, it's weird. Like first, all you see is Starscream attacking, shooting bombs with like or missiles with like shark faces drawn on them, which is kind of a Starscream thing, although it's silly. But but yeah, th- this is the first clue. Is wait, something's not right. Um, why the hell are lug nut and Blitzwing here? And why does Starscream have a body? <gasps> oh, yeah. Exactly. I didn't think of that part. Dun, yeah, dun, this is dun. Sort, of, sort of a first hint here. That something here is more than meets the eye. Yep, yeah. I did it. I went there. <laughs> so, yeah, the, uh, the Autobots go you into action. Team Char in that one shot? Yeah, I think we only see them in the one shot, but they're definitely there. Yeah. So they they have to save like a kid and uh, and and his mom from a fire. Prowl can somehow like just straight up Spider Man out of this uh, building. <laughs> well, you know. Well, I think part of it may have just been like, oh hey, humans can do really impressive things with enough adrenaline. But also, it may have been hinting as to the reveal. Yes. So meanwhile, uh, Sari has uh, gone to the Autobot plant, but she finds there that uh, not a creature is stirring, not even a mouse. Not even a rat trap. Hmm. That's right. Nobody is there. And she tries to find the Autobot's energy signatures, and they are uh, inside, in the basement. <gasps> That's never good. 
She didn't know they had a basement. She's very yeah. peeved to find out that they had a basement that they hadn't told her about. I'm like, yeah. maybe they didn't know they had a basement. I mean, <laughs> let's be fair here. I mean, this basement is going to raise some questions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, kind of. And I, mostly the elevator to get to the basement is more of a problem. Yeah, that oh, is a question. Okay. So yeah, the, uh, meanwhile, the Autobots in their human forms are somewhat futilely attacking these Decepticons because indeed, uh, Prime just has like a regular ass axe. He tries to attack Starscream with it. It just smacks him into a wall so hard he breaks his leg. <laughs> yeah, poor yeah. guy. And Bulkhead breaks his, well, uh, th- the only noticeable animation error, Bulkhead punches Starscream's leg with his right hand, he pulls back, and then he's holding his left hand like it hurts. Uh, yeah, that, that, that was inconvenient. Yep. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe there's an explanation for that. Uh, I saw that cat walk by twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that would have been cute. And then things escalate with the fighting, and and suddenly Cybertron is here. Oh no! No, uh, it, we're, we're, oh, not, we're not Cybertron quite there is yet. On the plane, we're not. No, no, because okay, so first, are my notes uh, out of the, order? yeah, first Starscream realizes that hey, these people are the Autobots. I'm, I'm going to kill them. But then, oh, right. uh, because Starscream is racist, he can't tell one human from another. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. Well, oh, Starscream! Imagine, imagine if there were like one foot tall people walking around. You might not notice them all the time. I suppose, well, I guess I'll find out if I watch that Matt Damon movie that's coming out this Christmas. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. It's like, that, that looks uh, bad. That definitely looks like a heartwarming holiday. I don't know. I hate heartwarming things. I mean, I think it's supposed to be satirical, but it doesn't look great. Yes. It, <laughs> I, I'm not sure. It, it's either it's really horrible or it's this... Weird, low-key, offbeat comedy that might be okay? Th- I mean, that's why I don't go see comedies in theaters, because who the hell knows? I mean, as much as I, like, once in a lifetime, you can't keep playing it in trailers. It's now forbidden. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that statement. This is not the song in your trailer. <laughs> anyway, so... They need to get to some deck tower. They gotta get there fast. So there's only one option. They gotta take the bus. <laughs> hey, and Spike and Daniel are on the bus. Yeah. Hey man, public maybe, uh, transit is an important thing and more people should use it. I mean, if you're not a giant robot that can turn into a car. Yes, although Bulkhead seems totally fine with it. Yeah. Yeah. If your public transit is good, you use it. Yes. I've been on long bus trips. There's some problems there. It's nice to not have to drive. But I like driving. Mostly. (laughs) I like the driving. I hate the other drivers. (laughs) Well, yeah. Not all of them, just enough of them. All of them. (laughs) Well, half of them, sometimes. Alright, anyway, back at the... uh... Back with Sari, she's uh, she's still looking around, and suddenly uh, we see Laserbeak, who came with Soundwave's toy, but has not been shown yet. Yay! Oh, we are selling toys! Yay! Yes, Yay. and also a bunch of Soundwaves. It's like Gremlins up in here. Yes. <laughs> also a Christmas very movie. Like it is. It's true. My favorite Christmas movie. Yes. Possibly. So Sari pretty makes pretty swift work of them, and she's headed down to the basement. Uh, meanwhile, the Autobots have reached uh, Sumdak Tower, and then suddenly, it's the ultimate doom. Okay, yeah. No, I, I couldn't think of the name of that, so my brain just diverted to, oh, it's the planet of the Earth. <laughs> oh, it's, uh, it's Transformers Dark of the Moon, or yeah. also Transformers The Last Night. Yeah. Yes. I, I've been, uh, I, I, there was uh, a recent, not that recent now, but uh, a World of Warcraft thing where, where basically... <laughs> Someone does that. I'm like, damn it, he pulled an ultimate doom. <laughs> and then I ended up, like, blathering at my poor guild people who are all, like, in their 20s and not old like I am about how Chris Metzen, the guy who was, like, the main story writer for all the early Worldcraft, Warcraft stuff was, like, a big Simon Furman Transformers fan and how it's totally just 
Illidan a Scorponok. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> I but, mean, maybe, but yes. I mean, they might have also seen Dark of the Moon. These well, young, these youths. Also, <laughs> yes, there's, there's that. But, but yes, it's like he's, he's just doing an ultimate doom. Shake my fist. My old people fist. Well, pretty quickly, the, uh, the, the Cybertron does a, does an Independence Day on Sumdak Tower. <laughs> yeah, it just turns into a Death Star. Which is like, that I didn't know Cybertron had that ability. And then Megatron is, Megatron's there with the Decepticons and they are just messing stuff up. Yay! Oh, and another thing, there's stock animations have come back. There's a lot of stock animation neat. in this episode. I wonder if it was running short. Possibly, but, well, also, the Autobots aren't transforming, so there's lots of stock transformations of the Decepticons. That's a good point. Place, it's very noticeable because it's very one-sided. This is yeah. true. But we haven't seen them in a while, so that's nice. Yeah. So, yeah, they're, uh, Megatron is going to destroy the, uh, you know, Cybertron so the Autobots can watch it burn. But then finally, Prime and Prowl realize that this is friggin' crazy. This is obviously not happening. <laughs> This is all just off the deep end to the point where it's clearly not actually real. And so, indeed, Prowl just karate karate chops Megatron's arm off. Which there, <laughs> there are a couple great things of him just doing, like, ridiculous ninja jumps, except he's this police officer. It's like those Ant-Man fights in the, yes. in the movie Ant-Man. <laughs> yeah, Bumblebee runs up Starscream and just... Tries to one-punch him in the face. Oh, he, he punches Blitzwing, and, and Blitzwing's face is Oh, it's spin. Blitzwing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, right, yeah. Uh, I forgot. And Bulkhead just runs through Blitzwing's leg. Yes. <laughs> and there is a really great shot of Blitzwing looking through, like, the giant dude-sized hole in his leg. <laughs> like, oh, hey, that's a thing. And Prowl, like, takes out Starscream by turning into the Vision... <laughs> yes. Yeah, that that was what? And also he's in like a Jesus pose? I don't know what's going on with Prowl here. Well, when you're jumping in the he's air and ninja. doing like he's a ninja he's a samurai cop. Ninja psychic-y yep. stuff. You you got Jesus he's pose. He's got his arms spread out. He's nin he's nin Jesus. <laughs> well, Vision does that a lot, doesn't he? I not with his arms out like that. I think he does sometimes. Maybe not straight out. Usually they're down a little bit, and he's got the cape billowy, trying to look like a ground Jesus as opposed to Marvel space Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> These are important. Are there multiple space Jesuses? I mean, uh, uh, yeah, there are in fact multiple space Jesuses. There's the Jesus who used to be Superman. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's Aquarian, formerly from uh. the planet, uh, formerly uh, from, uh, I believe he was called Wondar. Oh, Wondar. Mm. Right, that was a. He was from. Uh, he was like kind of a goof. Uh, Steve Gerber made on Superman, where he was like shot from. Uh, like his father believed that his planet was going to be destroyed, so he shot him off in a rocket. Except his father was actually wrong, and the planet didn't explode. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. And yeah, uh, Optimus Prime just grabs Megatron's arm, beats him up with it, and then throws <laughs> his axe into his cannon, making it explode. Pretty badass, pretty badass. So the Decepticons are gone, Cybertron's gone, and we've all decided, well, this is just the Matrix. (laughs) um, And so what Bulkhead does totally makes sense, because, I mean, you know, people in the Matrix go to the bathroom. Like I said, it's a realistic simulation. Yeah. Yeah. But, but like, Soundwave programmed this. Yes. Yeah. After lots of research on human things. Well, yeah, like, a lot of those things make sense, but <coughs> what? why would he add a pooping protocol into the system? For realism. Realist- yeah. Re- they would notice. After a would while, they? they would notice. Would they? Okay, Probably. I, maybe. He's doing enough, there's enough other crazy stuff happening that they noticed before. Like, I think the lack of pooping would be, like, low on the totable of wacky <laughs> shit going on. <laughs> I mean, maybe there was some kind of pre-existing, like, Matrix-type program that he just used. 
Yeah. Maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe, he could have just maybe, stolen an existing MMO. Maybe some deck just has that stuff sitting around on an experimental server somewhere. I mean, he makes robots. He's probably aware that someday he may need to make the Matrix. Yeah. Oh. I mean, you gotta feed them No, somehow. no, no. He was preparing for VR troopers. No, no one was VR, preparing VR. for VR troopers. <laughs> Man, Subdex got like that white suit. He just could be in that room full of TVs talking to Keanu Reeves. <laughs> I reject your VR troopers. Anyway, Sari has very conveniently found this out simultaneously as she has found the Autobots in the basement uh, in a bunch of Matrix pods. Surprise! And those are being run by Soundwave, who is indeed back to his full-size form. And this is somehow turning uh, them into Decepticons? Question mark. Yeah, he you know, says that, but like, gonna turn okay. them into Decepticons. Which is weird because he wasn't really a Decepticon. No, sort of. he never met a Decepticon. So, well, he met. He, he communicated with Megatron. Yes. I, oh yeah, I guess he did. It's just uh, and he was kind of Megatron's creation, right? Yeah, I just okay. don't know how much. Uh, like, I don't That's know. Weird. He did have a Decepticon symbol, I think. So, yeah. Anyway, so the Autobots have realized that, you know, this, you know, they, they, they know Kung Fu and such, and they can <laughs> shape this world as they wish, and so they want to be robots again, and they become them in a scene of horrifying Cronenbergian stock footage. I, not, it's pretty weird. It's borderline, cause the, the animation style doesn't allow full Cronenberginess, but the concept is really Cronenberg? I mean, I mean, they're not exploding out with like, organs and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they're not going Akira, but, like, armor's just sort of forming around them, and then it switches into their stock footage transformation finishing. It's a little unsettling. Yeah. A little bit. And speaking of a little unsettling, we're sort of getting sorry. Like, before she was either, like, just, you know, her regular self, her regular teenage self, or her kind of meta-bee-looking robot. But a couple of times in this episode, she's kind of got, like, halfway, so she's got, like, her human face coming out of her robot hair, which is weird. Yeah, that is a little odd. With the the hair, definitely yeah. struck me as where, being... where does where does the robot hair helmet go? Like the face mask sliding away, that makes sense. But where does the hair helmet go? Does she take it off? I think it like it like does... breaks into strands to become her actual hair. Ooh, weird. I guess I'm jelly. <laughs> well, that'd be convenient when you're going for a bike ride. You you're your own helmet, but hmm. yeah, yeah, I would love that. When I rode a bike regularly. So yeah, she just, she just shoots a blast, uh, she just shoots a, uh. Hadouken! Uh, anyway, they turn into robots, but suddenly they are assaulted by a gigantic, uh, white sound wave. Yeah, which is not a, a particular color scheme that, like, is familiar really, but it looks real nice. I like it. It's apparently an homage to the um, uh, Takara device series, which was uh, a right, sound so wave. Oh, the iPod MP3 player. Thing. Yes. Yeah. And there was going to be a toy of this, I think an activator. Ha. Huh. Oh. But it was not released. Alas. Aw, that sucks. I like I like it in white. It's it's nice, different contrast. Yeah, we don't see much it's of Soundwave in this color, but it does look neat. Yeah. Yeah. See, he he blasts them all, and back in the real world, uh, Sari just blasts a chunk out of his shoulder, which stays there for a couple episodes. Yeah, yeah. which is always nice to have damage continuity. But he's got he's got a trump card, and that is Laserbeak, who transforms into a guitar, and he drives her off with a sweet guitar lick. Yes, <laughs> so cool. Which so cool. is pot. Okay, bulkhead is a major thing that's going on from this series, but I really wish Soundwave having a guitar had carried forward because it's one of my favorite concepts. Yes. <laughs> like, did his cassette beasts or whatever transform into musical instruments instead of stupid old outdated cassettes? Yes. We need more of that. <laughs> Not these stupid they should have kept that in Transformers and- Prime. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of musical instruments, he's got uh, he's got another one up his sleeve as he pulls out an evil keytar. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. So well, good. So good. 
Keytars. Uh, we don't see it transform in this episode, but that keytar is Ratbat, who came with uh, yes. a redeco of Soundwave. Yes. Yes, he, he came with new Soundwave. Yes. The, black the Sound Blaster version. We rebuilt Soundwave into into new Soundwave. <laughs> oh, but Keytar, Keytar Ratbat is... Oh, I love him so much. He's perfect. If only this one had gone on to become a leader of the Decepticons. <laughs> it would only make it better. Uh, instead, he will have to settle for being the Keytar of the Decepticons. Yes. So he starts playing this thing, and uh, Optimus Prime, is, his eyes turn red. Because it's the Keytar <gasps> of evil. <laughs> it's a mind control Keytar. And... Which... A mind control keytar has to have been a concept in something before, hasn't it? I'm going to guess Gem and the Holograms. <laughs> well, that or, Possibly. um, was it Rock and Rule, I think was? That might have movie? been pre-keytar. <gasps> oh. Mm. It's hard to imagine time pre-keytar. <laughs> I mean, pre-prominent keytar. And I don't know if they were ever really a big thing in Canada. I don't believe uh, Rush ever made use of the keytar. Oh well, yeah, that is a band that you would expect to have a keytar. I, it, yeah. it would make Getty's Lee's like job way easier if he could just have a keytar instead of playing the key wall of keyboards and. Yeah, I mean because he also did keyboards before. and bass in the eighties, but I yeah, do not believe he ever much. used a keytar. Well, that's Someone a shame. Give the man, a keytar. Yeah. Oh, and uh, oh, the bad guy in that new Despicable Me. Uh, movie has some manner of evil uh, I and mean, at least he has a keytar oh. I assume it's an evil keytar yeah. <laughs> it's, it's probably evil and there's definitely a member of the misfits who had a keytar yeah yeah I don't remember which one off the top of my head I'm sorry I, I feel like I failed I'm looking at this here I, I, I'm, I must know now <laughs> I'm going to oh, say no. Roxy. Is that the one with the white hair? Yes. Then you are correct. Yay! <laughs> Although I win. <laughs> I don't know what I win, but I definitely win. And then I think it was Jem's sister who had the keytar on the hologram. Yeah, Kimber. Right. Yeah, Kimber had the keytar. Ah. Uh. And I remember because my sister, being the little sister, always had to get the little sister dolls. By which I mean she was too too young to have, you know, a a say in in her own decisions here. So she was given the younger sister. Oh. And so that we are to be continued. This is a two parter, everybody. Dun dun dun. Uh. Mid-season, near end-of-season cliffhanger. Yep. It's, uh, will Christmas be saved? Will the Autobots be evil? And what ridiculous surprise guest star will be in the next episode? <sighs> Dun-dun-dun. Believe you me, it is ridiculous. It's pretty yeah. ridiculous. So, this, uh, you know, I remember not liking this episode that much, but... I really I enjoyed it more than I thought. Yeah. I I would say that as well. I mean, I just remembered it being sort of a gimmick episode, but but yeah, it was pretty good actually. I mean, I enjoy the sorry stuff just because we haven't seen her in so long. I know. Yeah. And she's acting like an adult and not a horrible child. I mean, well, I mean, and she was the uh like like she, you know, she was like the main kind of the main character of the first two seasons and then she's been nowhere to be seen for yeah. like four episodes yeah yep. and especially since you know the first you know the opening three-parter left her in kind of a weird place <laughs> just a little yeah. so yeah that is uh that is human error part one we will return in one week with human error part two until then you can find us all over the internet we're on Twitter, we're on Tumblr, and we're on Facebook. And we are hosted on iaconunderground.net, uh, where we have a uh, Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses. Uh, and this month, we are going to be watching something Christmassy that we haven't decided on yet. So come... Oh, yes, we have, a, we have a poll up. Vote! 
That's yes, right. it is open to non-donors because, you know, maybe seeing the sort of stuff we're doing is going to be what it takes to – maybe if you vote for the tick and we actually do the tick, that's what it's going to take you to to become a supporter. So there you are. So, yeah, that is at patreon.com slash underground. All right. And of course you can find us wherever finer podcasts are found. We're on both iTunes and Google Play. Uh, wherever you get us from, please rate and review. So, and, and if you want, uh, if you want to let us, uh, know what you think, and, uh, I don't know, what Transformer, uh, you would like to see as a regular person. <laughs> honestly, this is a concept that I'm surprised, uh, Robots in Disguise did not do. Yeah, that that seems about yeah. more like that level of seriousness. Well, it, well, in the comic books, the, there's the human avatar hollow. Oh, that's true. That's, that's true. Yeah, which are pretty great. Where Whirl is an adorable, insane girl with an eye patch. Hot take. I find that annoying. <laughs> I can. It's Whirl, so yes. That's that's why it's a hot take. <laughs> anyway, I kind of just wanted to see it on Robots in Disguise because um, Strong Arm would just be uh, Amy Santiago from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Ah, uh, that would be great. Sure. Uh, for the uninitiated, she's kind of just Strong Arm in life, actually. <laughs> oh. Anyway, until next time, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. Okay. Okay.